This is Leewood Online, a ministry of Leewood Baptist Church, located in the Kansas City area. For more information about us, visit us online at www.leewoodbaptist.com. Good morning. Thank you for joining us online as we uh, worship together uh, through streaming. So thanks for for joining with us uh, this morning as we continue to to go through this time of of uh, being online. If you uh, are been following us, hopefully we'll be able to gather soon and uh, we can do this in person, which is much more uh, preferable and better. Uh, but we continue just to uh, uh, evaluate things and see where we're going with that. We've, we're in the book of Philippians together. We continue on in our series. We're wrapping that up, honestly. Uh, we'll be wrapping that up here in the next uh, couple of weeks. Uh, pastor Jason, our worship pastor, will be sharing next week uh, for us uh, out of uh, Philippians. And so I know that'll be a blessing to, to you. But so far, what we've seen uh, in Philippians, we started out seeing in Philippians 1, we started talking about life in Christ. What does life in Christ, as we are, as, as we are believers and we live our lives following Jesus and living for Him, what does that look like? And so in Philippians chapter 1, we talked about joy in Christ, that we as believers are to find our joy in Christ. It's not a uh, temporary happiness. It's not something that is uh, just something that we don't uh, ha- have. It's not a, a happiness that's based on our circumstances, but it's, it's a joy that we understand that uh, our joy comes in Christ because of what He has done for us in purchasing our salvation for us. Along those lines, we also talked about sanctification, that in the life of a believer, we should be being sanctified, becoming more like Jesus, um, becoming more like His character, living how He lived, and, um, and showing people what Jesus was like. We're going to talk a little bit more about that uh, this morning. We also talked about how as uh, we live our lives in Christ, we need to be passionate about the advancement of the gospel, that we are, um, we are partners to, in the gospel, making Jesus known to the ends of the earth. Then we saw Paul make that famous statement, for me to live is Christ uh, is gain, and for me to live is Christ and to die is gain. And so we saw how uh, how we as believers, that's our perspective on life, that we live for Christ, our life needs to be completely wrapped up in Christ, and to die would be profit, to be gained, to be with Him. Uh, then we, so we heard from Nathan Chang, our church planning friend. He, uh, he encouraged us about working our salvation with fear and trembling, and how we as believers, we need to be living out our salvation, living worthy of the gospel, and, uh, and then living, as we saw in Philippians 2, a living in a humility of Christ, and we were to reflect His humility. Then finally, last week, we saw that salvation is not done by any work that we have done. The Apostle Paul said, I was a Jew of the Jews. I had uh, the pedigree, the resume of being, uh, being a Jew, and, and, I, and he said he thought that his righteousness was coming from what he had done, being a religious person. But as we saw last week, uh, that all of our good works are nothing, and that to be saved, we must, um, it, uh, we must be in Christ and believe in Him, and then because of Christ, then we can uh, do good works. Well, then here in Philippians uh, chapter 3, we're going to go start in verse 12 uh, this morning together. So if you have a Bible, be sure to grab that, follow along um, with me, and we'll just uh, see how God's Word is applied to our lives. This is connecting right with last week, and so look at verse 12. It says this, 
Not that I have already reached the goal or am already perfect, but I make every effort to take hold of it because I also have been taken hold of by Christ Jesus. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself to to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and reaching forward to what is ahead, I I pursue as my goal the prize promised by God's heavenly call in Christ Jesus. Therefore, let all of us who are mature think this way, and if you think differently about anything, God will reveal this also to you. I really love this section because here, the Apostle Paul in verses 10 through 11, remember last week we saw, he said, my goal is to know him, talking about Christ. My goal is to know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings, being conformed to his death, assuming that I will somehow reach the resurrection from among the dead. So that's where we left off Paul last week. But here in verse 12, in this next section that we're covering today, I really love this because Paul, he was a great man of God. He was a missionary. He, he planted many churches. He, he wrote a lot of books in the New Testament, the epistles in the New Testament. But here in Philippians chapter 3, he admits he's human. He admits he's human. He says, not that I have already reached the goal or am already perfect. Remember that goal of becoming like Jesus Christ and, and completely knowing him and the power of his resurrection that he said in verse 10. He says, not that I've already reached the goal or am already perfect, but I make every effort to take hold of it because I also have been taken hold of Christ Jesus. And so what we see here in Philippians chapter 3 is that the gospel, remember, we define the gospel as uh, we are separated from God because of God's holiness and our sinfulness. And Jesus Christ came to this earth to die on the cross for uh, our sins. So we are made right with God through the work of Christ on the cross and then was resurrected from the dead. That gives us brand new spiritual life and that, that uh, resurrection power now lives in us. The gospel, that good news, it humbled Paul. Because look at the way Paul talks about his life here. Because compared to his pre-conversion experience, we saw in verse 6, before Paul became a follower of Christ, in verse 6, he said that he was in the law and blameless. That's what he considered himself before he came to know Christ, was that he was blameless in the law. And so he previously thought of himself as having arrived. But then as he came to know Christ, And the gospel, the gospel changed him from this spiritual arrogancy to now the gospel had a humbling effect on his life. See, here in Philippians 3, Paul is telling the Philippians, these these churches in Philippi, that he wasn't perfect. And he not only corrects any misunderstandings that maybe they might have had, because remember, there was false teachers that were teaching that um, Gentiles needed to be circumcised in order, like Jews, in order to be saved. And so Paul is, is correcting any misunderstandings that they might have about legalism or an idea of perfectionism. But his words surely brought hope to them. How so? Because one, Paul here, he's an apostle. He had seen the risen Christ, and he's identifying with them as a fellow Christian. We don't see a hierarchy here with Paul. Paul comes down to their level, the church of Philippi, and he he identifies with them as a fellow Christian. 
he, he immediately throws this out here that he doesn't want them to think that somehow he's superhuman or he's somehow spiritually superior to them. He's made some remark, Paul throughout Philippians, he's made some remarkable statements about his life in the book of Philippians. Remember, he said, for me to live is Christ, uh, is Christ and to die is gain. Like, that sounds almost crazy. And then he had, uh, he had said, well, you know, I was a Jew of the Jews. I had a great resume, but it was worthless. He's made some incredible claims about his own spiritual life. And so he makes another remarkable statement here in, in saying, I haven't arrived. As an apostle of Jesus Christ, as one who has who has taken a, a key role in seeing the gospel spread throughout the world, I have not arrived. And what a contrast this had to have been be pre-salvation, where he said he considered himself to be blameless in the law. Now he is saying, I am reaching for the goal. I am, I have not arrived. You see, life in Christ for a believer is marked by humility. Now, this is a different humility than we talked about in Philippians 2, where we saw where Jesus did not consider the, the rights of God a thing to be grasped, equality with God a thing to be grasped. Um, and so Christ showed humility in becoming a human being. This is a different humility here. This is a, a self-awareness that Paul had about his spiritual life. And it's marked by humility because as, as believers in Jesus Christ, we need to be marked by that same humility because we know we couldn't do anything for our salvation. See, Paul had come to terms with that. He knew no, ma- no matter if I, if I followed the law of Moses and knew the law of Moses, if I was a good moral person and I defended uh, my beliefs and I was zealous, that was not good enough for Paul to be saved, to have a relationship with Christ and to be in Christ. And so a believer, a life in, uh, someone who has life in Christ, is marked by humility because they know they can't do anything to earn their salvation. It's all Jesus. It's all the work of Christ that our salvation comes from. It's not from being a good person, though we need to strive to be good, uh, a, a moral person, but that's not what saves us. It's all the work of Christ on the cross that saves us. And as Christians, if we are true followers of Jesus Christ, if anything we should know is that we are not perfect and that we are sinful. We don't have it all together. We still sin. We still fall. And because of that, we pursue Jesus. Because look again at verses 13 and 14. Paul said, brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself to taken hold of it, but one thing I do forgetting what is behind and reaching forward to, forward to what is ahead. I pursue as my goal the prized, promised by God's heavenly call in Christ Jesus. So Paul says he's forgetting what is behind. Now, Paul doesn't elaborate on what that is. Um, a lot of people speculate that he was talking about his past. Remember, his past, Paul was, was a Pharisee. He was very religious, and he was so religious that he, he took part in the, the, the murder of the first martyr, Stephen. He approved of it. He held people's coats so they could throw rocks at, it, at, at him. And so Paul says he's forgetting what is behind. He's putting his past uh, behind him, and he's reaching forward to what is ahead. And he's pursuing his goal 
And what was his goal? Remember what we saw last week, verse 10, his goal, he said, my goal is to know him and the power of his resurrection. So Paul says, listen, I'm, put, I'm forgetting all those things in my past of being a religious person, of do, being a moral person and being zealous and per- persecuting the church. I'm putting all of that behind and I press forward. I pursue my goal of knowing Christ and the power of his resurrection. I like how Paul describes knowing Christ. He says, the prize. That was his, his prize, was knowing Christ. And so as believers in Jesus Christ, and we live our lives in Christ, we're marked by humility because we understand that we are sinful, and because of our sinfulness, we strive to know Jesus better. You see, life in Christ is a passionate pursuit of Jesus. Because even after we're a believer and we, we come to know Christ, we're still going to sin. We're still going to uh, be, have that, that old nature at times. We're still going to do things that are wrong. But because of that sin, we know that the only way we can break our sinful nature is by being in an intimate relationship with Jesus. And by pursuing Jesus and knowing Jesus, we can live like him. Let's keep going. Look at uh, Philippians 3, and now look at verse 16. He says this, In any case, we should live up to whatever truth we have attained. Join in imitating me, brothers and sisters, and pay careful attention to those who live according to the example you have in us. For I have often told you, and now say anything with tears, say again with tears, that many live as enemies of the cross of Christ. Their end is destruction. Their God is their stomach. Their glory is in their shame. They they are focused on earthly things." So Paul, in verse 16, he, he tells uh, these, these believers in the church in Philippi, he says, in any case, we should live up to whatever truth we have attained. That's a really powerful statement because every one of us are on a pursuit of truth. You wouldn't be uh, here with us online this morning if you weren't in the pursuit of truth. And so Paul tells the, believe, the, the believers there in Philippi, he says, in any case, we should live up to whatever truth we have attained. What was that truth? That was the gospel. The fact that Jesus had paid the price for their sins, he had, he had redeemed them on the cross, and he said that truth, that spiritual truth, he says we should live up to it. I think today that's a really powerful statement because I think in our churches today, we have a lot of people that know the gospel. In fact, many of you who are watching right now could probably articulate the gospel better than I could. But often we know the gospel, but we don't live it. We have this head knowledge, we know it, we may know doctrine, we may know theology, and if we're not careful, that can fill us with spiritual pride, and we never really live that out. You see, if we know truth, we need to live up to that truth. And what is that truth? 
everything that's contained in Jesus Christ. Jesus even said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. So Jesus is the truth. And so we must live up to whatever truth we have attained. We must live up to that. And then Paul goes on to say, he says, then in verse 17, he says, join in imitating me, brothers and sisters. So here Paul, he kind of calls himself out onto the carpet. He says, live as I'm living, imitate me. Paul said this in 1 Corinthians to the church in Corinth. In 1 Corinthians 11, Paul told that church in, in, in the city of Corinth, he said, follow me as I follow Christ. Paul's living out this example for these believers, and he says, you need to live as I live. So in our lives in Christ, we are called to live up to the truth we have attained And we have attained Jesus, and so we need to live as he lived. And as we live as he lived, we need to have those examples of those who have faithfully followed Jesus and live as Jesus did. Many of us have had the privilege of knowing people who've lived for Jesus, and they've had a huge impact on our lives. In our life in Christ, we need those examples. In this moment, I would encourage you just to take a few seconds and think back on someone that you saw and you knew that followed Christ and you could follow in their example, and by following their example, you're following Christ. Take just a second and think of that person. Do you have that person in mind? See, Paul was saying, imitate me, live as I live as I have Christ. But see, as we live and follow Christ and, and, and follow those examples of those people that live as Christ lived, it doesn't stop there. Because as we grow in Christ, as we are sanctified and become more like Him, we need to be one of those examples of following Christ. Our families need to look to us, and we need to be able to say, follow me as I follow Christ. In our jobs, in our workplaces, we need to live in such a way where we could tell people, imitate me as I imitate Christ. See, that's a high calling for a believer. And as we live for Christ and by our example and people see us living uh, for Jesus and then in return they follow Jesus, they'll come to know Jesus in a greater way. Let's keep looking down here in in, uh, verse 20. It says this, But our citizenship is in heaven, and we eagerly wait for a Savior from there, the Lord Jesus Christ. He will transform the body of our humble condition into the likeness of His glorious body by the power that enables Him to subject everything to Himself. So here, Paul reminds the church in Philippi and reminds us that our our citizenship is in heaven. I think of that old hymn, this world is not my home, I'm just passing through. See, as our life in Christ, we understand something. We are aliens, not the kind that, you know, all the conspiracy theories exist out there and the UFOs. No, we are aliens. We are, we, are, we are living in a land that is not ours, this earth. 
And so we have our citizenship in heaven. Now, Paul's not necessarily just talking about our, our physical citizenship. Yes, we know if we're believers in, in Jesus Christ and are following Him and living for Him, we will, we will be in heaven. But he's talking about a mindset here is what Paul's trying to get at. He concludes this chapter by reminding the church of the heavenly mindset that they must possess, that the church must be people walking and growing in maturity. And as, as the church walks and grows in maturity in Christ, then we will realize that this world is not our home. Philippi, where uh, Paul was writing to these uh, Philippian believers, Philippi was a Roman colony. It was really, it was, uh, many scholars call it a little Rome. And when people visited Philippi, they said, this reminds me of Rome. We saw this a few weeks ago in Philippians 1 verse 27. Paul said, uh, conduct yourself as a citizen in, in a manner worthy of the gospel. So Paul is telling the Philippians that the church is a little colony of the kingdom of heaven. So Paul's using the Roman Empire to teach a spiritual truth. You had the entire Roman Empire, the Roman kingdom, and Philippi was a little colony within that kingdom, within that empire. And so Paul is telling the Philippians that the church is a little colony of the kingdom of heaven. And so when you are in the presence of God's people, their values and their lives should point to heaven. So when people are exposed to the church, they should say like a visitor to Philippi would say, this reminds me of Rome. When people come to the church and are exposed to the church, they should say, this is like heaven. See, that's a totally different mindset than what we are used to. We get so caught up in our lives we, we, we get caught up in our families and, and, and a lot of things, and sometimes these things are good, but we have to understand that all of our lives is temporary. And that if we are believers in Jesus Christ, one day we will be in heaven with Him. I know sometimes when I think of heaven, I think of it as going to be kind of like this dreamlike state, right? And we even see it on, on uh, uh, cartoons where heaven is, you know, this is going to be this time where uh, we are in these white gowns sitting on a cloud playing a harp. But heaven is, is going to be more real than what you and I are even experiencing right now. And one day, if we are believers in Jesus, are believers in Christ, we will be there. We will exist there. We will live there for all of eternity. And that is where our citizenship resides. Many of us, we are citizens of the United States, and we are very patriotic. We love to wave our American flag, and we, uh, we love our country and, and all of that. But sometimes if we're not careful, we think of ourselves more as citizens of the United States than citizens of heaven. And life in Christ is a totally different mindset. We have a totally different perspective on life because we understand that we are citizens of heaven. And as the church, we are a little colony of the kingdom of heaven. 
And as we do good works, as we serve one another, as we love one another, as we serve our community and we put others before ourselves and we live how Jesus lived, as people are exposed to the church, they should say, this is like heaven. C.S. Lewis is a, a, a author, a famous author that I have a lot of uh, appreciation for. I enjoy his work. And in his book, it's, uh, he wrote a book called Mere Christianity. Maybe you've had the chance to read it. If you haven't, I would encourage you to read that book. In the book Mere Christianity, C.S. Lewis writes this, and it's, uh, I think it helps gives a good perspective of what, how we as Christians should think. He says this, he said, if you read history, you will find that the Christians who did the most for the present world were just those who thought most of the next. It is since Christians have largely ceased to think of the other world that they have become so ineffective in this world. I wonder if you and I as individuals, if we're not effective for the cause of Christ because we are so caught up in our day-to-day lives and in the current existence that we have now. I wonder if our churches today are rendered ineffective because we've forgotten where our, our true citizenship is. You see, we are citizens of heaven. We must be reminded that this life that we are living is very temporary and that one day we will be living in the presence of Christ forever. If we meditate on that truth and we live out that truth, then that is going to affect our perspective on life. Pray with me. Jesus, thank you for the gospel. I pray, Jesus, that you would use your gospel to humble us, remind us that we have not yet arrived, but cause that not to discourage us, discourage us, but cause that to motivate us to become more like you, to serve you and to serve others. Lord, I pray that you would help us to remember that we are not citizens of this world. We are not citizens of this country or any country, but we are citizens of heaven. Cause that spiritual truth to, to shake us to where you change our perspective on this earthly life. Cause us to be effective here on this earth. Change our viewpoint. Change our, our world view to be citizens of heaven. And it's in your name we pray. Amen. Thank you for joining us online. Leewood Baptist Church exists to glorify God by making disciples of all nations. For more information about us and our ministry, please visit us at www.leewoodbaptist.com.